This is a 980 CKNW podcast. It is 645 on a Sunday morning. That means it's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. That's a great piece of music for an intro. That's called Rumble. <laughs> That's what this movie, Avengers Infinity War, is all about. Yes, it's a lot of buzz about this film. What did you think? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, with an estimated budget of 300 to 400 million, this is one of the most expensive movies ever made, and it's certainly the most costly Marvel production ever. Uh, the movie is stunning in many ways. Uh, the action is nonstop. It seems to numb us after a while because it goes on for two hours and 36 minutes with barely a break for a quick breath. And it actually plays out like four or five different movies in one with the overriding central theme, the all-consuming desire of the wannabe god Thanos, played by James Brolin, to take over the entire universe. Thanos, along with his adopted children, has been mowing a swath through planet after planet and system after system, annihilating half the population in each in a quest to, in his opinion, control the number of people using up resources so that the universe will last longer under his domination. Jill, there are 64 separate Avengers appearing here, as well as teaming up with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's Chris Pratt's Star-Lord, Vin Diesel's Groot, now a teenager addicted to his video games, Gamora, played again by Zoe Saldana, Drax, who is WWE's Dave Bautista, and the raccoon voiced by Bradley Cooper, as well as Robert Downey's Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Ant-Man, and an ongoing list that is overwhelming. Uh, the biggest problem is in balancing which superhero gets what screen time. I felt like we maybe had too much Iron Man, not enough Black Panther, and just about the right amount of Spider-Man, who now sports an appliance with all eight legs. Doctor Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, was probably my favorite character, with his ability to bend and shape time, and Thor, played by Chris Hemsworth, was treated as sort of an afterthought. The basic plot is sort of a Lord of the Rings trilogy thing, a quest by Thanos to secure six stones that each provide a power to the one that holds them. What Thanos wants are all six. Doctor Strange has the Time Stone, Vision, played by Paul Bettany, has the Mind Stone, and so on. One by one, Thanos defeats the person with the stone, takes it himself, increasing his own power. The Time Stone is the most difficult to get a handle on because the holder can play back events and choose a different timeline if things go wrong, so it's difficult to follow that storyline. We shift from Africa and the Wakanda of Black Panther to New York, home of Tony Stark and Spider-Man, to Scotland, where Captain America, played by Steve Rogers, now hangs his shield, to deep space, where the Guardians pursue Thanos and his crew, each seeming like a TV episode or a separate mini-movie. Of course, you have to stay 11 minutes after the credits finish running to see the preview of what comes next. This movie was part one, and it is not resolved. Part two, which was shot concurrently, will be in theaters at this time next year. Now, I liked it just fine, but there was a lot to keep track of, and you really have to know your Marvel Universe to take full advantage. The ratings 14A, Jill, it's quite spectacular, and uh, when the box office numbers come out later today record setter it's going to be huge all right it does seem like you have to be on your game though paying close attention yes you do you have to know these folks and uh, you have to you know i'd like to say it stands alone and of course it does but it helps an awful lot if you know who these people are 
All right, that one uh, is Avengers Infinity War. Uh, Just one movie in theaters to talk about this week, so we will move on to Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. uh, We'll start with Kodachrome. This is a Netflix exclusive. It's a road movie in which a movie producer's son, played by Jason Sudeikis, and his terminally ill father, played by Ed Harris, who's an accomplished photographer, embark on a life-changing road trip. It's one that will define their challenged relationship on several different levels. Their quest is a photo processing plant in Kansas, the last remaining place where Kodachrome film can be developed, and the father wants to see it before he dies. Elizabeth Olsen also stars in this set in the U.S., but shot in Toronto film. The rating's 14A, Jill. That's called Kodachrome. All right, interesting. Uh, another Netflix uh, exclusive as well. Yeah, very interesting. Mercury 13. Uh, this story centers on 13 women who, at the same time the original Mercury 7 astronauts were being selected and trained, also went through similar selection and training processes, although not as an official project arm of NASA. Although none were ever selected for a flight and none ever flew anything but an airplane, the fact is that the women scored better on most tests, they had faster reflexes, they did problem-solving at a higher level, and they reacted better under pressure than many of the male astronauts. But the 1960s were still a man's world, and the opportunity to strut their stuff never came. Interesting to note that five decades later, female astronauts have served in many capacities in space, including commanding the International Space Station. Uh, This one's rated 14A. It's called Mercury 13. All right. And on a different note, uh, Kevin James on Netflix. Yeah, interesting title for his new stand-up act. Kevin James, Never Don't Give Up. I have no idea what that means. Uh, But during all the years that James, a former stand-up comic, was doing his King of Queens TV series, and later Kevin Can Wait, he's been scribbling away at a new stand-up act, just looking for the opportunity to get enough material together so he could get back on stage. Like Jay Leno, he never really considered himself an actor, just a stand-up comic between jobs, which is why he was doing television. Uh, This special looks at his new material in a recorded live concert, and he's still pretty funny. Uh, Rated 14A, that's Kevin James. Don't, no, sorry, never. (laughs) I know. It's hard to say. It just doesn't seem right. That's right. It doesn't. No. All right. That's uh, what's happening over on Netflix. Uh, What about Crave TV? Uh, Crave's got the detail this week. It's a CTV crime procedural, which began airing its 10-episode arc in March. It comes to Crave TV with three episodes now and then one each week for seven weeks. It's the story of three female police detectives tasked with solving murders while also dealing with their own personal lives. Great cast here that includes Wendy Crewson, Angela Griffin, and Shania Grimes-Beach. Uh, two of the male characters previously starred on CTV's Rookie Blue. That's the detail. It's on Crave TV, Joe. It seems like there's a lot of shows like that, that it's difficult to keep them all uh, to, to, to keep them all separate. Yeah, and most are made in Canada. Most are shot in Toronto, and they do have interchangeable characters. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it seems like they've got the formula down, and they just keep making them. Yep, and um, they sell these in the States. Uh, they, they get gobbled up by American television, so it is a good formula. All right. Uh, what about uh, old-fashioned TV? Yeah, well, you mentioned uh, there was a news item about The Simpsons becoming the longest-running scripted primetime television show tonight with tonight's episode. I have a bit of a problem with that because uh, Gunsmoke, which was the previous leader, at least you got to see the characters get older. <laughs> uh, when I look at uh, Homer Simpson, he looks the same to me that he did 20-some years ago. Something wrong there, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it does seem. It's a little... They've, they've, yeah, they've, they've not aged at all. They have the secret. Not at all, and that little kid is still got that soother in her mouth. I don't know. When are they going to take that thing away? (laughs)
<laughs> any day now. Yep. Any day. Uh, tonight, Unforgotten on Masterpiece. This is a unique British crime procedural. It takes a different tack from the garden variety crime shows by focusing only on long-gone cold cases or cases where they're not even really cases to begin with. Two London police detectives do the work required to find out what happened and why tonight in the season two kickoff episode. A body is found in a suitcase by workers dredging a river. The only clues, because everything else is disintegrated, are a wristwatch and a pager. Who is this person? Why and how did he die? And is the killer still out there somewhere? That's tonight on PBS, Unforgotten on Masterpiece, Jill. All right, sounds intriguing. Yeah, I like it. All right, uh, very good. On that note, Rick, good to chat with you, and we will check in with you again next weekend. Thanks, Joe. All right, thanks, Rick. That is Rick Forchuk. He joins us every Sunday morning, letting us know what's happening in theaters as well as what's on the smaller screens. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.